All right, y'all. We are so excited. We have a really fun day of um, just conversations and people joining us. And uh, got Tess here today. Holla. We got Jose in the house. Hey, thank you, ladies, for welcoming me on your uh, show. I'm blessed to be here with you. Yeah, you're, you know, I was just going back, I was telling Tess, like, how did we meet? And it was when you guys kicked off that entrepreneur group right yes. before, was that right before COVID? Because uh, there was momentum building with that. That, you know, I think COVID was what put the end to it, but uh, it was, it was before COVID, we, for like a solid year before COVID. Yep, that's when it was. So it was 2019. Yeah. Crazy, right? And it was good momentum because I remember we went to the Blue Goose and yes, yeah, and I had gotten some female yeah. women to join us there in entrepreneurship. Yeah, and you actually spoke too. Oh yeah, I did speak. You did. I speak. had some awesome knee high heel. You know what? On. Speaking of, I had a lot of compliments about you. Oh. Yeah, I never told you. I don't think I've ever told you, but I got a lot of good, uh, a lot of good feedback from you. Um, no joke. Probably like two or three people told me. Oh. The girl was amazing. The girl. I'm like, wait, which girl? Because I remember so Caitlin, I think, said a yeah. few things. Yep. And then I described you, and they were like, yeah, that one. I was like, oh, yeah, she is amazing. Oh. Yeah. That's but, awesome. I don't think I knew I was going to speak there until we got there, too, right? I didn't. Um, that was a plan. I don't plan. think so, but you're, you're a beast like that. You figure it out. I love to roll. Just yeah. roll with yeah. the punches. Yeah, you know? let's go. Yeah, and let's do like it. You were mentioning you have a podcast as well. Yes. What's the, where can people find your podcast? Uh, you can be on uh, Apple, on Spotify, on YouTube. It's called the Jose Morales Podcast. And what I what I talk on, on that podcast about is a lot of conversations. A lot of my knowledge, I came from talking to people, just like I'm doing with you two ladies today. And that's where I gained my knowledge off the experiences that they did. And then I kind of, regardless of that person did bad things or good things, I'm like, okay, I don't want to do that or I do want to do that. Yeah. And I try to bring that to life with people that I think I could, people can gain a lot from. And then conversations that I see in the gym um, that people are struggling with, battles and stuff like that, I just bring it to light and, and bring it to, um, to the attention of what things they could do to get out of that. Because some battles, multiple people battle with them. So it's just my way to kind of give back and share things that are going on in the real life with a million people versus just two people in the room. Yeah, yeah. and it sounds a lot like the culture mm -hmm. here that Jess has created in her gym. Yes. You know, more than just a workout. Yeah, yep. you're, you're getting that community, that connection. You know, people saying, hey, checking in, how's your day? And, and maybe being be able to give some feedback that will be meaningful to them. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And I love that. So share a little bit about the the gym that you have, what you do, how yeah. you started it. I love the story behind it. Just give uh, our listeners a little bit of that. Yeah, how, how, how far back do you want to go? I can go back when I got the gym or you want to know the whole story? I want to kind of, yeah, do the whole story. If I go the whole story, I don't know I'm playing. I don't want to hog up the mic. Like, this guy ever going to let me talk? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I grew up boxing my entire life. Boxing has been my life, my culture, my everything. It's just my life. It saved me from a lot of things. Instead of me being doing things that were not productive, boxing kind of just put me in the gym. Um, I wanted to, once I was done with competing and all that, I wanted to give back with that. My heart was always that. I had a good job. I had a career and everything, but I was just did not see that for me. And I left my career dream job. It wasn't a dream job, but it was a dream pay job. Wow. Does that make sense? Yes. And I was I'll like, yeah, I was like, yes. <laughs> And I, I decided to save up money and look into what kind of gym I wanted and what I wanted to do. And my family was like, Jose, you're crazy. You're making great money and you want to teach boxing? Like, that was wrong with you? You know, why do you want to do that? 
And are you married at this time? Uh, I was. Yes, okay. I was. I wasn't married, but we were living. I tell everybody I was Mexican married because I had my wife, I had my kid. I was Mexican married. <laughs> I wasn't real life married. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, I was married. We lived together, had a kid, and and I was the only sort of financial. Like my wife didn't work, so my family was kind of like on the edge of it. My wife was. She supported me, but you could tell she was nervous about it. But she wasn't like, don't do it. And I looked for places. I looked everywhere. The gym that I actually have now was getting ready to close its doors. And what that happened, what that happened is I, I was, they offered it to me and it was like a no brainer because I actually used to work at the same gym I own now. I worked there when I was 16 to when I was 20 years old. So I was already familiar with the area. I was familiar with people. I already had a clientele there. So I was like, you have no problem, I'll take that. Like, and it was gonna save me money because I don't have to buy a ring, I don't have to buy all this. Right. So yeah, let's do it. I quit my job, just put two weeks notice, just like that. And I had I had a mortgage, I had every I had like all these bills. My wife, again, she was supportive. My family was crazy tripping. They were like, <laughs> they were my mom was giving me a hard time. What was the time frame of like, hey, I, this is what I want to do. This is my dream. I want to leave the job um, to pulling the trigger and doing the it was like a year and a half. The way it happened, too, because I honestly at the beginning, I just was going to volunteer my time at a boxing gym mm -hmm. and and work because I didn't want to quit my job. And I actually did that for a couple of weeks. And I went to a um, I went to a training. For, um, I was a service manager at a dealership, so they got all the service managers together at a like a regional facility for the dealership and they did a service manager training and when i was there i was the youngest one so i was running the dealership when i was 23 years old and when i was there um i was talking to the older people like i said i've always been a very convert i always conversate with everybody and i was talking to a lot of the guys that there were in the 50s and there's 40s that been doing it for 10 15 20 years and i asked one of the guys i was like because i was trying to learn off of him i was like if you were me, what kind of advice would you give my, what, what would the advice you give a 23 year old that's a year in doing this? What would you tell him? He said, he told me like this, and this is what woke me up. He said, I would get the hell out of it and do something else. And I was like, I wasn't expecting an answer. I was expecting, okay, well, if you do this, you will gain this. Like I was expecting something like strategy. that. Yeah, that's what I was expecting. This guy said, get out of it. Yeah, that's what he told me. And when he told me that, um, I asked him why, and he said, you know, I'm diabetic, I'm on my third marriage, I didn't see my kids grow up, and he gave me a list of things. And which, I, I see that, because I worked from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., I did not take a lunch break, I was there all day. And when he said that to me, it kind of put like a, you know, and my, 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 my head started thinking, and that's when I started going from, should I just volunteer, should I like legit go full throttle with this? And then that's when I started getting ideas. I started looking for facilities. But a year and a half later is when I pulled the trigger and I got out and I left. Which is like at 23 years old, a year and a half. I mean, that's a huge, I mean, that's very quick. That's yes. very quick. Yeah, it was You know, quick. I mean, we've seen people, I mean, I myself in a 15 year career that I ended up leaving, but seven of that, I was like posturing to try and figure out how yeah. to get out, right? Um, so that's remarkable. And I think that that just speaks to like, you're just a guy that makes decisions. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Thank you for that. That's a huge compliment. Yeah, for sure. I, the way I saw it, I was like, worst case scenario, I go, let's say I mess the thing up and I do horrible. I, 
come right back to the dealership. I mean, the dealership ain't going nowhere. I oh, that was I was blessed that I a lot of places wanted me. They always offered me jobs, so I was like, I know there would be a place for me to work. But this opportunity is not going to be there always. So that was kind of the mentality I had. I told my wife, bear with me if we if I if I'm like I know I'm going to make it work, but regardless, don't worry about. It. We're going to eat, so don't worry. And we did it. We made it happen. It was actually great because the first month. And no joke, I got 50 new clients in the first month. And the reason for that, it was because I had already had a relationship because I said I used to work there yeah. for four years. So I had a lot of people that um, social media kind of helped with. So that was a huge blessing, though, the fact that I used to work there. I, was, I don't think it would have been that quick because I turned that thing around within the first year. We were like 300% more than what the business started with. Like our thing was way above what I started with. So I was able to hire people within that first year, which I wasn't expecting to. So it was a huge blessing for sure. I was gonna say, so from the the time that you bought it, I mean, you've done a lot to that space in general, upgrades and- Yeah, I remodeled it. Remodeled yep. it, and so where did you start? Let's just talk membership enrollment, because mm -hmm. people on here really are listening for that entrepreneurship side of this no a problem, lot of times. Yeah. So you started it and you had so many members, and then you said that you, increase that over the course of a year by by a lot uh, so for example i'll give you an exact number when the gym start when i took over the gym it had 17 members that's not enough to pay not even part of the lease like that was is horrible and from that i the first month i remember i counted them so it was like 52 or something like that and I was pumped up. I couldn't, I don't know, oh yeah. And I was telling my wife, look, see, I was, I was, I was like, uh, I told She's you. She's like, it's yeah. been 30 days. Just yeah, yeah, relax, yeah. calm down, <laughs> calm down. So um, and she, I remember she told me too, it's the beginning of the year, people want to work out, it's January, because it was at the beginning of the year. Uh, so yeah, it went like that. So from, I gained like a 52 um, new members the first month. And then from there, it was steady. It was like five, eight, and then obviously like everything you lose a couple and things like that and what helped at the end it, it's just i started honestly one of the biggest things that helped me is i brought my dealership experience the structure the formula from the dealership because at the dealership i i managed and overlooked like 60 different employees so from managing 60 employees to by myself i was able to create a formula of what i want uh, when I start hiring, what I need from everybody on my team. So then I can start duplicating that same. What are a few of those things, if you don't mind just sharing with No, me. no problem. You can ask me. I'm an open book. So the biggest thing I would say you have to, especially with like in fitness, and Jess could relate to this, it's hard to get a trainer mm -hmm. because there's a lot of things that happen. One, are they going to have the same are they gonna treat the people the same? Like if you have somebody come in and they're mugging your clients or they're looking at your clients in the wrong way or something, rubbing them off, rubbing them off in the wrong way, it can affect now your clientele. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to necessarily bring on um, just anybody and I wanted to create a culture first. And what I did is I created a mission statement, I created core values and I live by them. I, you know, I live by my, my, my team knows it, my, Everyone that comes to the gym, as far as training with me, as far as coaching and teaching, knows that what's important to me is making people better. What's important to me is making people um, being there, being their their vocal, just 
person in and out of the gym. Like just not just don't don't pump them up only when they're in the gym and they're on that last rep or the last round or whatever. We pump them up always. We check up on them if they're haven't seen them in two days. We call them. Are you down? Are you sad? Like what's going on? You constantly checking on them, um, and because they know that's what's important to me. I don't care if you um, sign up twenty people, but if you sign up twenty people and you lose thirty and you pissed off thirty, I. That's not a good ratio, you know, and for me, what's important is how many people do you impact? So creating a definitely something you're going to stand by as a business. What does your business stand for? Like, what is it? Everyone should know that about their business. If you do not know what your business stands for, then I don't know if you should be you're ready to be in business. because yeah. You should definitely know what your business stands for. And that's what mine is for. Mine is motivating hopeless people and bringing the best versions of people in and out of the ring. And give when the opportunity presents itself. That's actually my my uh, mission statement right there. Yep, it's amazing. Yeah. So when um, I I've, I've come and trained with you, and it, it is so good. And I love one thing I love 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 about boxing is that people are so caught up with this. Yeah. And when you're boxing, you ain't going over and checking your phone during a oh, session. Yeah, 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 like yeah. I sometimes still have to be like, yo, put your phone down. You know, take yeah, your watch yeah. off. Like you're not really getting out of this hour what you came to get. You know, you're still doing things your way and your way hasn't been working. Why don't you try it my way? Yeah. Like one hour just for you, the body, mind and spirit, exactly. you know, and like walk out of here emptying yourself of all the, the worldly things that hold you down. And for so I, sure. I, I love that boxing just does that. There's no choice in that. You know, you got to put yourself aside and, and yep. come in. And it's just you. It's mm-hmm. you and against yourself. That's probably my favorite thing about it. And it actually like no joke. It puts all your all, everything that you're battling with, it's on blast. Like it's just on a magnifying glass, and it just shows. It just shows you, like, oh yeah, I do need to work with my discipline. I do need to work on my consistency. I do need to work with that. And then it's just your decision to step up to the plate and do it, or back out. Yeah. Or keep lying to yourself and get your ass kicked, because you will get your ass kicked, literally. Yeah. So. <laughs> I watch your videos. I'm like, ah, yeah. no hit my face. <laughs> now I'm good. The destination aesthetic yeah. girls when they came in. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, they are so pretty. Yeah, they all did it together. It was yeah. Like, they're they're amazing. Girls yeah, that's too. a that's a rad group of women. So okay, so I want to backtrack a little bit. So where did you see your next big breakthrough with membership increase in sales? during this journey you said you did some stuff you had that big boom at the beginning mm-hmm. um people are coming back in it's the beginning of the year lose some win some yeah when does the trajectory do you see it go up again and like level out where are you at now in your cells are you still in that building it's maintenance um, it's still like for example we gain five we'll lose two so luckily knocking on wood i've been consistent with that where we always have more signups and cancellations. So we're our main, we maintain a lot of our members. Um, as far as like, you know, when do you drop? When is this? And then I, next time I saw a, a big jump is honestly around that first year, around August when I started. Because um, in, in August, from January, when I had my first biz, month in business to August, I already had, I was three, three, uh, yeah, three. I was going on my fourth employee. So when I did that, I made a big jump just because the amount of work we were able to do now was greater Got than it. me by myself. Yeah. So that helped. And that's when I saw another another jump. Okay. And what triggered that? Was that memberships being at a certain spot where yeah. you need to take someone else on? Like yeah, it was just too much because it was so many people and it was just me. You know, I couldn't sign up someone 
teach someone, do it. Like, it was way too much. And then I went back to the dealership. It was like, I went at the dealership. I didn't fix cars, write the description, order the parts, and do everything myself. No, I had everyone, and I distributed everything to everyone. And I think that's one problem a lot of business business owners uh, struggle with is, you know, delegating what you have to do to somebody else. If you can't trust that person to do whatever it is that you're delegating to them, why are they on your team? Yeah. Honestly, why? If they are not doing... I, I tell everyone, like me, when I if I hire someone and they're on my team, it's because I saw some potential in them. I saw something that I see great in them, and I want it on my team. That's why I hired them. If I didn't see that from the beginning, they wouldn't be on my team because I'm like, what are they? What are you going to bring here? So now you trust your own decision. You brought them on there. Now your job is to teach them, show them what you want them to do, how to do it, explain to them, be a good communicator. Another thing most people struggle with, you know, if you see things or things are bothering you. Uh, one thing that, like, for example, like now I have a couple, like, managers that now they have their own people that they follow and listen and overlook. I tell them you have to communicate if there's tension. Like, if you if something rubbed, off, rubbed you the wrong way or something, you, you can feel when you have tension between you yeah. and this person. Like, you can feel it. When that happens, pull them aside, talk to them. Like... You don't have to talk to him in front of everybody, but pull him in the back room, take him out to lunch, I don't know, whatever, take him to Starbucks, and be like, hey, look, the other day you did this, but you have to squash that. Don't let it go, because when you let it go, you blow out later, and then now you've done messed everything up. So yeah, the communication definitely, definitely makes a big difference, and then, and then that kind of helps you delegate everything that you need to do. Which helps you get more work done. More yeah. work done makes more money. Yeah. No, I love that. And you, were, I think we were talking. This was before we started the show today. But you were talking about how people that can, um, you know, communicate and be a certain person in their personal life and create that balance mm-hmm. are better business owners, right? Or yes. Or more, I guess, more successful business owners. And when you're talking about communication, it like brought me back to like talking to our kids, our spouses, right, family yeah. members, like that communication, like being For that sure. good communicator. And that just flows into every area of life. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So one thing I do, uh, you know, I told you core values and mission statement with work. I actually do that with my kids. It sounds pretty funny. But so with my kids, I always ask them um, what a family's for. And I and I and since they were like little, when they could start talking, I asked them this. So now both of my kids know I have an eight year old and a four year old. And they tell me amar, ayudar y cuidar, which means a family's to love, to take care for and to help. And that's what that's what our family that's what we do to each other in our family. And if I show up and this one I use it. If I show up to the house and we have a truck full of groceries and I'm carrying all my groceries and I see my son in the living room already with his Nintendo or whatever, whatever he's doing, he's not helping us. I ask him the question, so what's the family for? He'll tell me to help, to love and to take care of. I'm like, What's what'd you say? To help? Does it look like you're helping me right now? And he kinda stops on his way and he's like, You know what, you're right jumps off the couch and he comes help. But that's a way better way to approach a situation versus yelling at him and telling him, oh, you never helped, da da da, you gotta do more for this, da da da. Like, that right there does a lot to a kid at a young age. When you're yelling at him and you're belittling him or her, now you're killing their confidence, you're making them feel like they're worthless versus explaining to them, you know, we're here as a family, this is what we do. I'm going to help you. You help me. Now, this is your chance to help. And now, so that's kind of what I do. And I do it with both. And that's why I feel that if you can take what you learn in business and in family 
and manage everybody and care for everybody. Like the people out of your work, yeah. as a boss, don't take it as they are your employees and they're your workers and they gotta work for you. No, I look at them like they're my family. Literally, my family, I care for them. If their father passed away, we save up funds or we do whatever we need to do or we give them the day off, we take care of them. I don't ding their paycheck because they weren't there. It was like, no, we are here for you just like you're here for us. Yeah. And no joke, it comes right back and we all do it for each other. But when you care for your family at home the same way you care for the family in the gym or whatever in your business, um, it really does become that, a family. And when you do that, you, everything's well balanced and everything is a whole lot smoother. So that's why I said that earlier for sure. I love that you have the heart to do that. So is that something that was implemented and taught to you as a little boy or what does no, your upbringing look like? Yeah, that, I, think, I think that's probably why I'm like that because it was not. Okay. And I wanted to be everything that I wish I had. So for me growing up, I, I come from a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I. I was very lonely, so I didn't have my father. I actually connected with my dad for the first time about three years ago on 23andMe, on 23andMe. Yeah, so I never met him. That's a whole crazy story in itself. I actually did a podcast on that. It's called 23andMe if you want to hear the whole story because I'll be here for like an hour. Um, But anyways, I I connected through him through that. And um, growing up, I had my mother, and my mother worked three jobs. My mother raised my sister and I and she there was a lot of times in my life where we were alone I was alone for sure my sister left the house when she was 14 so and she's seven years older than me so I was seven years old so from seven years to later on I was alone literally alone no one around me and I felt very unloved I I didn't I I really needed the attention I know I did I had a lot of trauma from this from these times. I remember as a kid, no joke, I would go to bed with my mother's shirt and my mother's picture, and that was as close as way. Like I would smell her and I would see her, but that was as close as I would get to her. So I felt very just I needed somebody. And then when I when I worked, when I started working at 14 years old and 15 years old, 16 years old, I had a. Um, I was, I don't know if I mentioned, but I'm on, I, I came, I was brought to the U.S. at 11 months old, undocumented. So my whole life, I thought I was a U.S. citizen. I mean, I don't remember when I was 11 months old. And I was raised here not being American. I thought I was American. I, I mean, I went to school, everything since I was a kid, like an American. And when I found out I wasn't and I started working, I had a, I, I was, I was abused as a, as an employee. I was, I was getting paid under the table, no, no breaks. I was working 40, 50 hours. I was doing crazy stuff. And at the time, I didn't care for it too much because I was like, I'm learning. So I didn't really care for it. And plus, I didn't really need the money. Like, I didn't need to be rich. So I just needed enough to pay rent for my mom. You know, I didn't need thousands of dollars. So it wasn't a big deal to me. But that made me appreciate, that made me feel like all the things I didn't want my team to feel. And then what I suffered as a kid is all the things I didn't want my kids to feel when they got older. Like all the all that made me who I am today. And I think that's where it came from. Which is incredible. And we talk about this a lot on this podcast is like that intentional space that you create to improve your life, right? Mm. So that you're not generationally passing down yes. trauma and hurt and pain yeah. to They're- your children because you're unhealed and unwilling to do the work. 
you know what the, the Bible actually talks about that, and it's crazy. I um, I think like a couple of years ago, during the time when I found my my dad, actually, I think it was there were so many things that that they were passed down that I didn't realize it's generational. Like it's literally. And then I was talking to a buddy of mine. My buddy's like, "Hey, it talks about it in the Bible. That's real. Like you, that's legit. You you have these things that come down, and if you don't break that." generational curse you're stuck with it or and you're gonna pass it down or yeah. whatever and it kind of reminds me of that movie zero you know i mean the uh, holes with the kid zero mm. you know what i'm talking, you, you know what I'm talking about yes, yes. where they had that family thing and they were like he had to carry oh boy stanley up the hill to break that generational curse or whatever in a way it's like that i mean obviously not carrying somebody up the hill is going to fix your generational curse but in a way it's like we have a lot of things that if we don't find ourselves and we don't find um, you know, our root of our whatever it is that we're dealing with, then you're never gonna overcome it, you're never gonna fix it, and you're gonna be stuck in the same battle all your life. Okay. I, I, I actually just talked about that recently where you can be 40 years old but still have the same pain you had when you were eight years old. Mm -hmm. You're just in a 40 year old body, but your heart, spirit, soul never healed from what you had when you were eight. So that's why it's so important to over, you know, take time and heal from that for sure. Yeah, and I think it like begs the question of how do you deal with that if these things come up, if there's triggers, if, you know, mm -hmm. um, and how did you really hit that head on? You know, it sounds like work was a really big outlet for you, even yeah. even at the dealership, right? The, the for sure. you know, six to nine or whatever, you you know, those those crazy hours with the family. Um, was there a point in time where you wanted to look directly at what had happened growing up in order to like, how did you know that? Because I think a lot, people want to heal stuff, but yeah. the question is like, like, well, how? I think for me, when I started seeing that, so I actually hated my dad my whole life. I grew up like hating this guy. And for me, what really got me to want to find these things out was when my second, uh, my, my youngest, my second boy was born and he came out and he, he the way he looked, he was just light skin, dirty blonde hair. And my mother would always tell me he looks a lot like your dad. He looks a lot like your dad. And when he said that to me, that's when I finally was like curious. Like, I just want a picture of this guy. And that's when I did the 23andMe, and that's when I found him. And that's when I started really doing a lot of soul searching because now I started connecting a lot with what he said, my story, uh, my mother's story, and everything about my roots. And a lot of my trauma happened when I was a kid. So that's when I started becoming more interested to finding the reason why. I always had problems, but I never put interest to wanting to fix it. Mm -hmm. That's what made me want to like actually heal from it and really like look into it, dive into it, and start finding out. Like before, I couldn't talk about my childhood without crying. Now I can like literally talk about it because I actually I think I like really overcame it now. Like I'm, I ex I learned to accept it now. It's yeah. remarkable. I mean, and you're yeah. on the other side of it. We always uh, one thing that we do say like in sisterhood is. You know, like each one of us have this journey that we're going on. Like the Lord was so specific when he said to take these conversations to a stage because yeah. you have a gold nugget that's a lifeline for someone else. And for us yes. to go through our problems and not to share those things is like taking breath away from someone else. And it's like. I've been on my knees and breathless so many times because I've had to figure it out. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. There's warriors and these people that do it, but it's not for us to keep that 
for ourselves. Yeah. It's not to say we've been there because it's to look to the sister or the brother or to the left or right of us and say, man, I've been in similar situations. I found that this has helped or this is what I overcame. Or sure. how about like someone ever just saying that you have to sit with your pain and feel it before you can heal from it. I never heard that. So yeah. I feel like we have a bunch of people that are just constantly avoiding feelings. Yep. And um, you know, one thing we say in here all the time is like, how many times I hear people say, move the mountain. You can't move a mountain, you can climb it. Yeah. And so many people stand at the bottom of it and, and they don't think that they can, they don't even know the first step. We're like in here, I'm like, we're slaying. Like I, I'm that, we're claiming what's ours and we're going all the way to the top. I'm not gonna look at my big thing that's different than yours, that thing I struggle with and say, I'm gonna stay here forever. And it's like you said, there's so many people stuck in trauma from eight at 38, 48, 58. Yeah. They'll go to the graves with it. Yeah. And I think that happens a lot. It happens honestly. a lot. Yeah. And we did a discipleship in church and I had a gal that was in her late 70s that I was discipling and it was a 12 month program. And this girl's way past me in like Christianity. For some reason though, the Lord connects his people and puts you in your group. She had just lost a husband, long story short, she's in my group and she shared stuff from her marriage, you know, in her 20s. Again, she was in her 70s that she had never told a single person ever. Wow and like tears and breakthrough, right? And that's where we gotta go in and we gotta go in and we gotta speak truth and do healing and deliverance. I think that's where the, um, the I, people tend to open up when you kinda share a little bit of your trauma. And yeah. I, maybe her husband never shared anything or she didn't wanna be judged or embarrassed or anything. So yeah, that's a good point. That's where, you know, as a trip, the podcast actually does that a lot for me. I share things and then I get DMs with random people I've never met in my life. And they're like, man, they start opening up to me because I opened up. Yeah. And yeah, and that's exactly what happened there. Which, yeah, that's the, that's a good thing about all that. That's crazy about that. She started sharing things yeah. with you. And, and we talk about that a lot here too. It's like, if I'm not brave enough to take that first step to meet you somewhere, it's like, we don't, there's no authenticity mm -hmm. in the relationship, right? Because I can't, I don't really, I only know the surface you. Yeah. It's like judging someone based on social media. Yep. You know, I don't know you because I'm an Instagram friend with you, yep. right? I get to see all whatever you want to show me. For sure. And if there's no depth there, it's like, I'm not growing and you're not growing. Like yep. this, like life is hard, right? We exactly. know that. Hey, you need people to count on. I mean, I was 26 when my mom died, and that was like magazines were coming out. I went, you know, I was in the fitness industry when there wasn't a lot of women in the fitness industry. It was bodybuilding to sort of see like mm -hmm. a feminine look and surface level, which was where that industry was and still kind of stays for women, right? It was all surface. And then I lost my mom, and it was like there was no one around. It was like crickets, you know, and I thought I was dying, like literally, my soul, my spirit. Like I didn't understand the transition in life. and. It takes me back to that place where I, I knew that I was going to have to rebuild my foundation and I needed to do it with people that saw where I was at. Because like you said, it felt so lonely. I'm like, how did I go from being able to go out and know hundreds of people to sitting in this place and I'm alone and I like don't want to get out of bed and I'm fighting demons I didn't know I had. And now the person that had my back that was my cheerleader, she gone. Yeah. You know, like now I have to do that for myself. Like that whole two and a half years and it goes back and Tess and I talk about this a lot on the podcast is like, all those things that I sat alone in and thank God like the Lord found me on my knees in those, at those spaces and took me out of loneliness. Like 
I had to feel it to get through it. I could have gone out and had drinks and met up and did all those things, but I'd be sitting before you right now, broken, you know, confused, unclear, um, not building things because I was broken. Yeah. So we have this incredible opportunity in the businesses that we have to like call that out. I don't need to know the whole story. You can see brokenness when they walk in your doors. You can see a hard day. You have community, you know where they're going and where they're walking in their life, relationship. And so it's like such a blessing because you have so many men. Like I have, you know, primarily women, but like for men to be able to have that side of them where they can go in and, and, you know, box it out with the trauma and and see somebody that's setting a good example of it is so important. Hell you yeah. walk the walk. It's not like, you know, so many times you see people on social media and then you meet them and you're like, two different people. Yeah, yeah, there is. <laughs> it does people the same, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you meet these people in real life. And I just think for you, you get to touch so many people. And it's not just like the destination aesthetics. Like you touch a lot more people than just the people that walk in the gym. And, yeah. and what you're doing, it's like, you know, those people have an impact, right? They touch three to five people. You're you're changing the atmosphere yeah. in homes, and it's important to do that. Yeah, thank you, Jess, for yeah. doing the same. And, and you brought up something earlier that I think I really wanted to circle back to. You were talking about how initially you had your mission and your values and your core values of you know what you were starting, mm-hmm. and then you said, and I live them, right? Like, yeah. So it's not just a poster up on the wall. This is an action that you take daily. Exactly. This is something that you, I mean, you could recite it. You just recited it here in front of us, right? Yeah. Like this isn't just words to you. And when you were talking about earlier, like creating that culture, it's like people see the words, but they see you. Yeah. And they're going to do what you do. Yeah. Always. Not what's on the wall. Always. I was talking to somebody about that too. Yeah. You can't tell somebody do this and then you do the complete opposite. They're not going to listen. They follow what you do. So, yeah, it's important that you you live by it. Exactly what you want to, even as a parent, you know, you can't tell your kids don't drink, don't do drugs, and you're getting drunk every weekend, you know. It's like, what do you mean, don't drink? You're drinking. (laughs) So, for sure, for sure. So let's dive back into this business. So you start, you start, you buy this business, you have 17 memberships. Mm-hmm. Where do your memberships, Where? how many years have you owned it now and how many memberships do you have now? So now I'm on with 2016. I'm, uh, damn, six years. Wow. I had to think about that. 16, yeah, six years. So six years and it went from that, I'm about a thousand members now. Damn. Yeah, we wow. got online, we have online, we have from 4 a.m. to 8 p.m. all day long. Uh, Saturday is about 4 four or five classes on Saturdays. Um, and then some classes we split up in two different, three different trainers, depending, because I try to keep it under 10, 10 people per trainer. And um, yeah, you know, to be real, what helped too with that, the COVID, <laughs> doing online, I would have never done online mm-hmm. if it wasn't for COVID. So surprisingly, that was completely random, because I had, if you would have told me in 2016 I was going to do online, I would have told you you're tripping, you're crazy, I'm not doing that. So what does that look like, people in their homes? Like yeah, so they're, the- they're, so I teach boxing, so I focus on their, 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 their boxing. What are you doing? Um, how you punch, how you doing that? And they're doing it, they can go to a gym and put their phone up on a tripod, put, that's actually the common one, they put their phone on the tripod, put earplugs on, their, their headphones on, and then I'm telling them what to do. Jump rope, all right, now put your hands up, now turn your hand over like this, make sure you're doing that, things like that. We're working on their footwork. And then some there, I'll mix in some like plyometrics or stuff like that. They're at home. And if, and if they have a heavy bag, then I can mix it up with a heavy bag. But 
it, it's cool because it really depends on the person. There's different classes. Like, for example, my 6 a.m. class on Thursdays online, it's all women, right? All women. Uh, I call them the breakfast club. They are amazing. They're like, they're, how does the best way to describe it? They're, one of them is like in their 40s. Actually, two of them is in their 40s. One's in their 30s. A couple in the 30s and then a few in their 20s, right? And uh, just the way we can all connect with each other. And we, I only see that group once a week. So for me, I only see them on Thursday morning at 6. And when I see them, we talk about our whole week while they're warming up. We like, damn, da da da. Like it's just, it's just a great like bond. And they're all over Alaska. Once you know, they're everywhere. So it's just. So you're doing this live. These yeah, classes li- are no, live. No, these are live. So classes. are you using a program for that? Like, what's your platform? No, I usually do it on. I literally do it on Zoom. Okay. So I have this big TV. It's like 70, 75 inches. It's an actual TV at the gym. At the gym. Okay. I, I made a um, specific place for it in the back room. So I close the door and where you can't hear or see whatever's going on in the gym. Um, so yeah, uh, this big TV, 75 inches. I got a camera and it's Zoom. I go on Zoom, everyone logs on. They're at home and I'm cheering them on. I'm, da, 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 I'm talking to them, I see them. Wow, That's so cool. that is yeah. really cool. Talk yeah. about pivoting, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like I said, I would have never done that. Yeah. And that comes from the mentality, you know, they're trying to shut us down and do all this. I'm like, yo, I still got fam. I still got not only my family, but again, my family in the gym and their families. We yeah. still got to eat, so yeah. we can't just shut down. And I had to find a way, and that was kind of what I did. And I've been doing it now two years. I mean, since COVID. <laughs> so wild. We uh, same thing. I mean, obviously, I'm not hiding right here. I'm on a major corner. Yeah. And it was sketch at first. Like you're like, what's going on? I never closed, but I did go curbside, and we would take from this corner to that corner. We'd take this whole street up. I just take my stuff outside. We go outside, work out. Yeah. And it was so weird because people would stop and take pictures or video, and you're like, are these people gonna like shame me? Are these yeah. people are they cheering me on? And yeah, in the back of my head, I'm thinking like, you know, my husband's a firefighter paramedic for the city, so all I heard when he was coming home was like the suicides and the the, the self harm and. All I, I could feel the Lord say to me was like, keep your doors open because these are the people that are doing that. These I'll, aren't people think that people are hurting themselves are like not me and you. Yeah. And it's not like that. These are like, you know, these are white collar, blue collar families and yeah. nice neighborhoods that are struggling and their Even lack of connection. It's a lot of young kids mm-hmm. and it's like our job is to equip these people. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I don't know about you, but when I come to work, it's a blessing to me. It's like, it gives me another day to heal. It gives me another day to grow. It gives yeah, me another day to have sure. my purpose. It gives me another day to, to rise up in the life that I was called to live. And so it's not, it's a two-way street, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just always felt peace on it because, you know, I don't know if you knew this, but like insurance, when I try to get out like curbside, they're like, yeah, no. But like I can send a client, if I'm training you in here, I can send you down to the stop, send a run, you covered. But as soon as I call it curbside and it's outside, you ain't covered. So like, you know, you're taking a risk as a business owner saying like, well, I'm gonna take a risk and if somebody gets hurt, hopefully they don't sue me because now I don't have coverage on it. It was such a weird position to be in, but we had the best time out there. Can I just tell you, we got after it. Nah, and you know, I think a lot of, uh, during that time I got a lot of feedback from people that were like, thank you for being open. Yeah. You know, everything is closed. Like this is literally my club on Friday night. 
this is like my only time I get to see people. Yeah. You know, other than that, I'm stuck at home. So I totally get it for sure. It was, I actually never did that. Like I was, I was still inside. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but, uh, Just a statue on the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I, I'm in the middle of literally nowhere, so you can't really see me. But, but yeah, I, their people were very thankful for sure, for yeah. sure. And then the people that were worried, I'm like, well, on Zoom then. You yeah, know, if you're, yeah. They're Zoom, if not, come here, it's up to you. Yeah, and that's what we found. I, I spent a lot of time here on the curbside workouts, and it's like the people that were here like needed this, mm-hmm. right? Wanted to be here. Like It's like, hey, whether we're inside or outside or whatever you need to do, like please and thank you. Yep. And I remember feeling that way and used to say stuff to us like, we'll run because some people can't Right, like yeah. you know, you need to you need to put the hard work in because some people would absolutely kill to be in your spot right now. For sure, you know, perspective. Perspective, right? Yeah. It always comes down to perspective at the end. Yeah. So I I have a lot of people in here that have working husbands. So a lot of wives that come in here and they're just kind of stay at home moms and. You know, they're always complaining about the husband that works too much and the lack of balance in the home. And I think that you're really good at balance. Like it, from mm-hmm. the outside looking in, you do a really good job. And I'm Thank not just you. saying that. How do you balance this evolving, growing yeah. business with making sure, because you're not, you're parenting very well at home. You're very intentional with the way that you're doing this with your children. Yes, uh, I make everything, a, I make my family a priority for sure. And what I do, and no joke, this has helped so much. Set days apart for your wife or husband. Set days apart for your kids. So I have two kids. Every Sunday, we do dates. So in dates is a literally one-on-one with each kid. So this Sunday, I have my oldest. Next Sunday, and that's this Sunday, this Sunday that I have my oldest, my wife will have my youngest. And we split, and we do our own thing. And that one-on-one time helps so much because... He tells you things. He tells me things he won't say around his mom. He'll tell me like girls he thinks are good looking. You know, so I have a crush on this girl. Oh, this girl gave me this Valentine's card or Aww. things like that. But I know he won't say that around his mom. So you build that one on one with your kid. That's huge. That's one thing. And I we alternate. So then the next week I have my little one and she has my older one and we just keep going back and forth every Sunday. I do that with my mother on Thursdays. I have lunch with her. Or Wednesdays, and then on Friday night, I have to do that with my wife, where I dedicate Friday night for my wife, where I don't touch my phone, I don't do nothing but be with my wife, mm. and I do that every week. Every week, I spend, I I make time, like my mother, it'd be an hour. I could do an hour or lunch with my mom, you know, just seeing how my mother's doing, and then that right there, you know, shows your kids, and I and I tell them. I always tell them, I'm like, do you know what, when I talk to them, you know what dad did this week? I went had lunch with grandma and grandma did this. And, and then I let them know, you know, you know why I do that? Because family is important. And amar ayudar cuidar, the core values from order. And that's what I do with my mother because my mother yeah. is my mom. So I do that and kind of, and that kind of sends a tempo with my kids of what it is to be like a, a man and set the example and and they kind of start understanding. And there's been times where I miss my dates, month, two months. And my son would be like, I miss my dates, Dad. I'm like, where are we going? And it's just kind of like, damn, you know, you're mm-hmm. right. I've been slacking or whatever. Because I travel a lot for boxing. Like next next month, I'm going to Cleveland, Ohio for 12 days. So when things like that happen, I, I'm in Cleveland. So I'm not going to miss my dates for two, three days. You yeah. know, how am I going to do that? So... 
it's definitely a thing that you got to make sure you communicate with your kid and tell them why you're going to be gone. Another thing that will help that you're working so much and all that, if your wife, or for example, you said a lot of women, so I'm going to say you're the wife at home that doesn't necessarily understand what your husband's doing or what he's going through at work, especially if he owns his own business and he's always off late or whatever he's doing or, or long days, ask him if you can come along one day so you can really see what they're doing and i did that with my wife um when i was i did that i've done that actually a few times i'm like look i want you to come by with me so you can see what i'm doing so you can see why i'm up at 3 a.m and why i get home at 8 p.m like i want you to understand what i'm doing yeah and she she did and then they, she did it once and she was like i don't want to do that again <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna stay at home yeah. i'm gonna stay at home but i just it, it's yeah. it's important for them to understand because a lot of the times you don't know it's not you know owning a business is not a job where you can just clock out and go home like that does not exist so i think a lot of people they expect that they're like why is he there still it's like well, what is he doing and then that's where the insecurities or whatever starts coming in or is, yeah is he well, yeah what is he with another girl yeah. what is he doing like, look, come see, come see why yeah. I get distracted and why I'm here for till 8 p.m. when I was supposed to leave at six or whatever. So that those are my two tips that I would say. That I think that helps me. And pray every night with your family. That's another mm -hmm. thing. Every night, make it a habit. Just say thank you. Say uh, say thank you. Say your you know your blessings. Count your blessings and and the night together. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I, I have a one client we were talking with, uh, Kyle Finley, we had here not too long ago, but talking about like if you are that stay at home mom, like their job is to run their company, but our families are like a company, right? Yeah, and there's roles sure. in that and a way that it functions. And so I have to remind, you know, the stay at home moms, like you're the CEO of home. Mm -hmm. And that's a job that needs you to make sure you're showing up 24 7 too, just like your husband at his job except he does come home and you know eat dinner yeah. and sleep or whatever and it was crazy because it was like to her she was like oh yeah so sometimes i feel like people lack a purpose right like you're you're chasing a purpose every day yeah but um i always say like don't let our children our children is our main purpose and that's why it's so nice to see people that balance it because there's some people that have high value for work and then the kids suffer right they get yeah. the leftovers and a lot of times unfortunately that's what i see with people around me they might have sustaining businesses and making a ton of crushing it making money but the family's suffering yeah. and i think we could all agree that the world is suffering right now and we can't fix that until we fix our home yeah it starts that's our home. where it starts it's exactly. me and you in our home with our families doing it right, you know? Because yeah, that's what that's what's going to be running the world in the future, our kids. So if we yeah. don't teach them the right, I agree with you 100%, Jess. I like that whole CEO thing. I'm going to bring that up to my wife. Yeah, you're CEO I'm like, of CEO, home. what you doing sleeping till 11? Come on, CEO. Wake up. Nah, I'm Who's running this show? Who's waking up? Nah, I'm playing. I love that. All right, as we wrap up today, Jose, one thing that really sustains you in seasons that might not be the best of seasons or when you really have to dig in and, you know, harder seasons, what's one thing that you remind yourself of that helps you stay focused, stay resilient, and stay moving forward on this vision and this empire that you're building for yourself? I have a lot of things. Families, for sure, one. I mean, I 
I want my kids to be proud of who their father is. I want my wife to be proud of I married that guy. I want my mother to be proud of that's my son. That for sure always makes me go. But another one is I know I have a purpose and I know I have a big purpose. I tell myself that. I know it. I feel it. And I dedicate everything I do every day to that purpose. I may not see that purpose now, but I know that I have a great purpose here. The Lord put me here for a reason, and I need to continue my my journey. I'm not going to stop because my tire was flat or I had a rough day or whatever happened. My purpose continues, you know, so I got to keep going. So that's what I tell myself. I love that. Tess, what about you? Yeah, I think that, and, and I feel like I, I talk about this a lot when we talk to people or just even you and I, Jess, is like that constant recentering, right? Like, because it's, it's easy to do a one step or two step off. And just like you were talking about, hey, dad, you've missed the you know last two months or whatever, things got busy, you know, where have we been for our dates? It's like constantly bringing it back to like the principle, the core principles, the core values and like checking in with myself. Like, am I being that person? Like, yeah. and, and if I haven't, then needing to apologize and step up to the plate and say, hey, I didn't show up in this way and I don't want to be that person for you. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be better. I'll do de- I'll do better. Um, and showing that there's that like weakness and I'm going to maybe make you feel a certain way sometimes, but I'm always going to step up and, and make my apology and then do better. For sure. I love for that. For sure. I know that this um, this podcast is going to resonate with a lot of people and I feel like even it's just it's such a pleasure doing these because when we leave I always feel like I process you know it'll be tonight after it winds down and I'll be like man nugget there nugget there and then yeah. being able to listen to it so I just thank you so much for your time I've always been a huge fan of you I love oh, what you're building great. I love how you impact people I love coming out to support the things that you have going on thank you um, you're, you're an awesome asset to our community to all the people that get to know you and I just um, I look forward to seeing all the cool things that you're going to do moving thank forward you. that's a huge compliment thank you Jess for saying yeah. that and we'll make sure for everybody listening that um, all your the links to your podcast and Instagram and all the goods are linked so that people can find you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you again. I look and if you have any questions or anything, I'm on open book. You can always DM, email, text, whatever you want to do. I'm on open book. I'm here to serve our community. So whatever I can do to help, I'm here. We're going to have to collab on something soon. I'm down. We had talked about it back in the day and then things got weird, but we're going to, we're going to do something fun for sure. For sure. I'm down. Hell yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Tessa. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Pleasure. We'll do it again soon. Pleasure is mine. For sure. All right, y'all. We'll see you next week.